Any college baseball fans out there, if you're traveling to see your team and need a place to stay, two words for you, graduate hotels. We stayed at the Nashville location for the SEC tournament. It was awesome. Beautiful rooms, cool vibe, and perfect location. They have over 30 hotels in the best college towns, and get this, they'll give you up to 30% off your stay with code CRSHOW. That's C-R-S-H-O-W. Good at any graduate hotel, any location, up to 30% off. Book today at graduatehotels.com. Hey, it's Cavino and Rich. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast reshipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of the best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Michelin Cross Climate 2. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, and suspension, just to name a few. Everything you need to elevate your drive. Go to TireRack.com sports. That's TireRack.com sports. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm R.J. Bell with the Sports Bending Headlines for Wednesday. As the aftermath of the NFL cuts keeps rolling in, we've got analysis on which teams have signed a lot of players that were cut, which means, hey, they're pretty weak. Why do you have to sign a player that's already been cut versus how many teams have had their players signed, which is a sign of depth in the roster. We're going to break that all down. In tennis, Serena Williams may be playing her last professional match. She's up against number two in the world, and the money's coming in on Serena. Aaron Judge hits another home run. We'll have the updated odds. What's his chance to beat Roger Maris's 61? Here comes a full hour of the Vegas Truth covering all that and more. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. This is Straight Out of Vegas. With the voice of Vegas, your host, R.J. Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. I doubt the future. From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell. You heard it. I'm R.J. Live in Las Vegas, live on a Wednesday, live on 226 FSR stations across this great, great nation. Full house here in Las Vegas, A.J. Hoffman and Scott Seidenberg. But it's Wednesday. 
I know. He's just hanging around. I, I, you know, we got cameras in the studio slash offices, and I was wondering if he had, I saw him with a sleeping bag, and it kind of threw me. Is that true? I, I pulled the Leo from Wolf of Wall Street, and I just told everybody, I'm not leaving. <laughs> he, lo- he loves the snack room. Lucky, lucky the SEC is not involved. You know, it's at least the Southeastern Conference is fine. But you know, <laughs> all right. Sports betters listen for the money. Sports fans listen to know more than their buddies. And we're going to do something a little different to start the show. When I talk to these guys, when I talk to McKenzie, what are we trying to do with Straight Out of Vegas? I always say, what can we do that other shows aren't doing? Because let's be candid, Colin, he's the best in the world at having a take, a hot take, you know, you, maybe not even a hot take, but a strong take. Though, again, his Belichick stuff is hot as a pistol. But in general, he's the best in the world at that. And FSR is lucky to have him, and we're lucky to be on the same network. But we're not going to compete in that arena. That's not our nature. But when it comes to gambling, yeah, we think we're going to be at the top of that. And specifically, though, how does the gambling odds inform what we know as sports fans because a big chunk of our audience doesn't even gamble but they want that knowledge they want to know what the wise guys know well aj we're going into the cuts and trying to figure out what does it mean and there's a couple teams that are eye poppers when it comes to how many people they've cut that got signed versus how many cut people they're signing themselves well let's start with some of the pickups la chargers pick up sony michelle cincinnati Bengals pick up oj howard but surprisingly of the teams that that had the most of their cut players picked up the new york jets topped the list seven players that the jets moved on from have been scooped up by other teams now let's think about this now this is a uh, live updated kind of number thing tally system so we might be five minutes off here or there but we're talking general numbers and the general numbers are the New York Jets cut seven people seven players that other teams have said we want some of that give us some of your cast offs some of your leftovers now the Jets said we don't need any leftovers from anyone else Zero of your leftovers interest us. Seven of ours interest you. And this is the first time I've ever spoken from the perspective of the Jets. But I just did. I don't like it, but I just did. That doesn't feel good. The next team is in that four range. So it'd be one thing if I said the Jets are going to have the biggest net, uh, what would you call it, maybe even cannibalization rate where people are trying to take from them or um I like that terminal. I don't know if it fits, but I like it anyway. Right. And, and and to say they'd have the highest one seems absurd. To say they'd be in the top tier seems absurd even. But to say that they're almost double seven, you know, plus seven in a way versus other teams it's almost incomprehensible, and it requires us to, I think, dig in and figure it out. Because conventional wisdom would say that the best teams are cutting players that they don't have room for, but they're good enough to make the rosters of bad teams. I mean, what is a good team is is good players. Sure. Right? So that means that the what's the cut rate now? Is it 52? Like, how many people do they get to 53. Get? 53 53. Mm-hmm. So the 54th player, the last cut, all right, if it was 54, they'd be capped, but there's 53, so they're not. How good that player is is a great proxy for how, at minimum, how deep you are. Yes. A team like the Rams, you could say they're top heavy. They're not going to be as good at 53, 54 as maybe their record would say. 
And then other teams maybe are deeper than you think. But in general, how good your last cut is tells you a ton. And what the Jets' numbers are telling us is number 54, 55, 56, 57, 58, 59, and 60 were all good enough to latch on to other teams. I don't get it. You're yep. from New York. Answer for this, Joe, Scott. Joe Douglas said today, quote, we're certainly a more talented team than we've ever been, end quote, and talked about some of the safeties that he let go. He thought that all of them were worthy of roster spots, and then it was a, quote, excruciating decision, and he talks about how special teams is a role for some of these guys, but some of the guys that they released, they wanted to re-sign on their practice squad, but they wind up getting scooped up by other players. It, or it other do- teams. Other yeah. teams, excuse me. It does show show that they have players that are of value. Mm-hmm. It's not so much about more, it. more so than any team in the league. Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's a it's a value that if the Jets feel that the players that they kept were more valuable than the players that they lost, obviously that's what? the decision that they made. Exactly. That tells you something about the way that the rest of the league should view the talent on the Jets roster. Well and it's not should view, it's the way they do view. Because they're they're here's the thing about taking a player from another team. It's a big commitment because you've got to put them on your final roster, right? So if a team cuts a player, they don't get picked up. They often re-sign with the team that cut them on the practice squad. Correct. So but the but the league, the union wants to give them a, rightfully, I think, give them a chance to go latch on somewhere else if you're gonna have a starting job. So it's almost like you got an employee, you like them, but they're part-time. And now another company wants to give them a full-time job. It only makes sense they're gonna take the full-time job. But if both companies are saying part-time, part-time, then usually the player's gonna stick with the team they were with because they know the system or whatever. So it's a statement that seven players are now going to be on an NFL roster. The Jets say are not good enough to be on our roster. I can't even believe it. I mean, it's got to be it's got to be a difference in the public opinion versus it's like the insiders versus the outsiders, right? Like we have a view of the Jets roster and their talent. General managers currently in the NFL obviously feel differently. Is, is it possible that Joe Douglas? You know, I know nobody who loves the Jets wants to say anything bad about Joe Douglas because his predecessor was so terrible. I mean, is your assumption going to be he doesn't know which players to cut? <laughs> I'm saying, is it possible that he's making a, a misjudgment on which players are the best ones to have around? There's no way that. Any, first of all, there's no outsider that could have any real sense of that. Um, meaning. Uh, what they know is what they know about these players. It's usually going to be on a pre, a pre-season, or not even pre-season, pre-draft assessment. Meaning, if you thought, I'm taking this player in the fifth round, and somehow they're taken later in the fifth round, or earlier in the fifth round, so you don't get a chance to take them. Now they get cut Well, you, from that other team. Now you're thinking, yeah, maybe they didn't so, do so great in that system, you know, so what it could be isn't that the, that it's the wrong players he's cutting, but maybe it's a sense that they think, oh, the Jets don't know what to do with this guy, because you hear that a lot. Often, if there's a guy like Leatherwood from the Ra- formerly from the Raiders, that has a good pedigree, and they get cut, another team will say, well, we can coach him up, 
and that was the if they got the rest, if they got the core skills, if they got the the traits, we can coach them up. And really, Coach Tomlin from the Steelers was talking about that maybe six weeks ago on a podcast where he was saying a lot of people are complaining that coming out of college, these players don't have the skills they need. Well, that's your job. You're an NFL coach. Coach them up. So player development when they're in a system is one of the great differentiators in the NFL because, really, you get the same draft choices. You get the same money. It's how well you draft, but it's also how well do you develop. And maybe this is an indictment of the Jets, even within the within the preseason, they didn't develop these guys. An indictment right. of their coaching staff. In that case, it would be. or or But it would be, in that case, love of Douglas as a talent yeah. evaluator, somebody who evaluates talent. So, I don't know. I mean, in New York, Douglas gets a lot of, I think, a long leash. Yes. He might be at the end of the leash at this point, would you say? I think he's in the middle of it. In the middle of it. So yeah. it could be three more years remember, of like losing. Because remember, <laughs> he came in. No, I think it's. I think he gets two more years. Because the the biggest criticism was that the Jets obviously moved on quickly from the prior two general managers and. Joe I, don't, Douglas, I don't think that was the biggest criticism. Could well, have been they stunk. Yes, of course. But <laughs> but Joe Douglas came in and he didn't have like he came in after a draft. See, he got a year. Before he even even put an imprint on the team, which I like that in general. As long as you can trust the last guy to do it right, it, you got to have a year to, re- especially if you're coming from the outside. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at the Steelers. Last thing Col- uh, GM former GM Colbert did was draft, and then he's gone. But the theory is the guy that took over was internal anyway. But you got to learn the ethos. Look at the Ravens. As much as I th- question. The draft grades on the Ravens always being so great. They do have continuity within their system where you had Ozzie Newsome and then the, the follow-up fellow was there for 20 years. So it's a lot of continuity. Here's what I want to do. We're straight out of Vegas. Whenever we have a number or a ranking that seems wrong, it's like, how could the Jets be number one? I like to look at the other top leaders and say, are these good teams? Because the theory is whoever should be at the top of this list should be a really good team. Here's the rest of the teams at the top of the list, and it's a list of net positive where you're getting your guys signed when you cut them, and you're not signing other people's cast-offs. That's a sign you got a good roster. You're not picking up other people's trash. Exactly. The Jets, (laughs) I don't talk to humans that way, but okay. Jets, all right. Bills, good. Minnesota, pretty good. Miami, Pretty good. San Fran, good. So the top of the list is all good or really good, and then the Jets. Now, if you look at the bottom of the list, Chicago, they had zero people signed, and six people they signed from other teams. It's really almost the exact flip of the Jets. Chicago is the guy walking around picking up almost burnt-out cigarette butts and taking the last couple puffs off of them. Uh, okay. Okay. <laughs> I was gonna say he's the guy picking up the tickets off the floor, looking to see if uh, anybody dropped the winner. Professional analogy creators here. Okay. <laughs> um, after Chicago, the Giants are next. Not so good. Jacksonville next. Seattle, Washington. So boy, you can say Washington's decent. Maybe Giants were supposed to be kind of be no no no. These are some of the worst teams in the league. There's one more exception though. If you keep going 
from the end up, Cincinnati's next. So here's a team, Cincinnati, not a ton of action. One of their players got signed. They've signed three others. But being minus two puts them at the bottom of the list, and Atlanta Falcons are tied with them at the bottom of the list. So if you look at that bottom, Atlanta, Cincy, Washington, Seattle, Jacksonville, Giants, Bears, only Cincy is a Super Bowl contender. So there's one kind of exception there. And then, as we said again, Jets, Bills, Minnesota, Miami, San Fran, those are all the good teams except for the Jets. One real outlier. The one thing I would say is as much as I think Cincy at the bottom of this list is kind of an eye popper, it's only three or I guess four transactions. Again, they took in one or they had one taken and three they took. Maybe they were identifying very specific position groups they were weak at. I kind of get that. Other teams will have, like you said, the Jets were talking safeties, how deep they are. I can accept that. But you look at the Jets when it's 7-0, it's not about any of that. It's just about a lot of respect for that talent. we got to reevaluate the Jets. It's all there is to it. It doesn't mean I'm going to all of a sudden think they're great. Mm -hmm. But, boy, I wish I didn't hate Wilson as a quarterback so much. Because I don't care how good you are. It's hard to win without a good quarterback. Other than that, how good you are. I don't. I think Wilson is most likely the worst second-year quarter. If I had to make a bet right now, who's going to have the worst metrics, the grades, however you want to do it, QBR of all the second-year quarterbacks, including, including. Oh, I'm having a block. The, 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 uh, Mills. No, oh, Davis Houston. Mills. Yeah. I'll take Davis Mills right now statistically over Wilson, and I'll take even the savior Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> Well, Justin Fields was the only one who was even close to him in terms of how bad last season was. You like, well, I, you disagree, like I disagree with that. You keep saying that, and it's wrong every time you say it. I don't believe. So let's do this. Let's okay. take our last or not our, our first break. When we come back, we're giving AJ a chance to make his statement on how bad Justin Fields is <laughs> because he's been trying to say it for months. I've been refusing, and you know what? I think Mr. Fields deserves fairness, and that's what we're going to give him. Stay tuned. He's R.J. Bell, Scott Seidenberg, A.J. Hoffman. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Does the craziness of everyday life leave you stressed? Do you notice you're losing a little bit of hair? You're shedding a little bit? Well, if you're noticing a little less hair on your head and you're checking your hairline all the time, you got to check out Nutrafol. When it comes to thinning hair, there are many root causes at play, and Nutrafol addresses them through a multi-targeted, whole-body approach. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist-recommended hair growth supplement with over 1 million people seeing thicker, stronger, faster-growing hair with less shedding. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code CRSHOW. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and stylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, promo code CRSHOW. That's Nutrafol.com, promo code CRSHOW. Juan Gabriel. Juan Gis. Selena. Selena. Celia Cruz. Azúcar. Carol G. La Bichota. 
Christina Aguilera. Ex-Tina. Just to name a few. We're serving the whole story. From rags to riches. And all the tea in between. I'm Liliana Vasquez. And I'm Joseph Carrillo. And we're the host of Becoming an Icon Season 2. Guess who's back in the house? And we're bringing you even more stories behind the world's biggest stars in Latin music. Certified Latin royalty. Consider us your star sleuths, your chisme besties, digging beneath los mejores éxitos to bring you everything you didn't know about your favorite Latin icons. Hey, you know what, my boo? You're my favorite icon. Aw, Joseph! Listen to Becoming an Icon, part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. On a summer night in Paris, American artist Lee Krasner is drifting off to sleep when the phone rings. On the line, news that her husband, Jackson, is dead. Jackson, as in the painter Jackson Pollock. He might, to this day, be the most mythologized figure in American art. But how much of the story that we've been told about him is just that, a myth? On Death of an Artist, season two, Krasner and Pollock, the story about how the art world changed forever and the story of the artist who reset the market for American abstract painting. Just maybe not the one you're thinking of. Listen to Death of an Artist, Krasner and Pollock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm A.J. Hoffman. Finally, A.J. gets his time to make the case of how bad Justin Fields is. Why does he hate Justin Fields? Nobody knows. Maybe, maybe during this presentation, he'll share with us. Do you want to tell us why? Sure. Do you want to get it right into no, it? Or no, do you I want, want you to t- why you hate him. I don't hate Justin Fields. So I think Justin Fields stinks. It. You're denying it. Uh, yes. All right. So you never beat your wife and you don't hate Justin Fields? Correct on both. All right. Then that's, pr- I mean, listen, I, I like both those answers. Okay. I believe the first one. I'm not sure if I believe the second one <laughs> quite shortly. What do you think, Scott? Do you think he kind of has a thing for, because here's what I'm thinking. He went, I don't know if you know, he went to radio college in Tennessee. It was called Belmont Radio College. It's not called Belmont Radio College. What's it, it, what's yes, it called? It's called Belmont University. I know it's it's not Ohio State, but it's a, well, it, it, it exists. A univers- it's not even a college, it's a university, which is like an amalgamation of colleges. It's multiple colleges. Okay. Is that what you're trying to claim? Yes. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> and, and and if you go to like Belmont College, oftentimes you have disdain for someone that went to like, like a very storied institution. 
Sure, I, I happen, can see that. Yeah, I happen to go to the Ohio State University. Trademark the. Yeah, yeah, and oh, I'm sure they got it on their <laughs> website. The question is, does anyone else have it? He shows me Belmont University on like it looked like a website from 1996. He made it. <laughs> he just put it together in Dreamweaver, yeah, yeah. and and and. To me, he likes to take pot shots at guys like a field. The hard workers came in, tried to succeed. I don't get it, but we're going to try to get deeper into it, and then I'm going to debunk his arguments aggressively. This is the fastest-growing show on Fox Sports Radio. The audience has doubled in the last year plus, or at two years plus. Thank you for the support. We're going to keep working extra hard, adding people, whatever it takes to provide a show worthy the word on, and we do really appreciate it. You can listen on the iHeartRadio app. Just search straight out of Vegas here in Vegas on the Strip. Dun dun dun. What could the temperature be? Now the report's coming in. Do 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 do. Oh my gosh, it's 110 degrees. Oof. The neon is flowing. But first, we got to ask a question. Okay. We have the weather up on a screen, so I can just glance at it and see. Mackenzie's doing some work helping me get ready for our debate. He didn't connect that, you know, I should probably not take the whole screen over. <laughs> Any comment, Mackenzie? I didn't make that connection. No, you figured, hey, no, no, when's that weather coming? I have no idea. It couldn't be at the beginning of the it, second segment. It's too hot. <laughs> His brain's frying. <laughs> yeah, it's too hot. Okay, AJ, I'm going to let you start, and I'm going to give you an uninterrupted amount of time based upon how good your argument is. It could be from one second to a minute. That seems unbiased, totally. Continue. Justin Fields, not only the worst QBR in the league last year at 26.4. All right, so let's, let's think about this a second. Um, he was 31st, is that fair to say? 31st out of 31 who qualified. Exactly, third, last, yes. 31st. And that was one below Zach Wilson. Yes. And that was uh, two additional below Trevor Lawrence. Only Sam Darnold wedged in there between. Yeah. So what we're saying is there's a cluster of, of really bad. And, and in that measure, it's kind of hard to have a. There's a concept called a distinction without a difference. Yeah, the decimal point's different, but there is no real difference. There's a distinction, but there's no real difference. Would you agree in this case that cluster of. Now, Mac Jones, if we were going to argue, he was 16th. So no one's saying he's in that sure. group. Because really, all the rookies were at the very bottom, except Mac Jones. Davis Mills was 26, Lawrence 28, Zach Wilson 30, Fields 31. Sure. A cluster of, of horrible. Yes. Okay. But so, this is how horrible Justin Fields was. If you go back over the last five years, mm -hmm. only one quarterback has had a worse QBR than Justin Fields, and that was Josh Rosen, his one year in Arizona. It's fascinating how, like, I'm gonna. Should I talk louder? You think to try to make my case more? I'm gonna try it. A little but more, here's little, the thing. A little more I, base. Okay. Yeah, yeah, a little yeah, more. No, base. no, it's just very aggressive. But okay. I'm not being aggressive. So you're saying in, in five years, if you take every QBR and stack rank them. Yes. Justin Fields had the worst. Second worst. Okay. Who was the worst? Josh Rosen. Okay. His rookie year. His rookie year. Okay. Now we do realize that by definition. If there's only 31 qualifying, there's an example where in some years there's like 29. QBR has a high bar to qualify. Yep. Usually, if you're bad, you don't get so many chances. So, if we would have looked at the unqualified QBR, there'd be hundreds or no, dozens of 
quarterbacks worse. Sure. It's just who's going to get a chance to play that much? It's going to be rookies that they have high draft choices. And that's, that's what we see at the bottom of all these lists, including Rosen, yep. a rookie. So, okay, by one measure, which I know I told you about six months, a year ago, I like QBR, and you really have like married QBR. I like it. There's other metrics. Wouldn't you agree? I agree. All right. So, do you have anything else? Or is that no, I'm, I'm good. Just how bad the QBR is. I'm, I mean, you could, you could, I could give you counting stats, but I don't think that'd go well for me either. No, no, no. This is going well. <laughs> I think QBR is. A, I think QBR is a good stat. I think that and the PFF grade is a good kind of combo. To be candid, but then I think you got to look deeper into it. But I think you made a good point. What I'm curious about is how did you figure the five year thing? Did you get them all into an Excel and stack rank them? Or did in your mind you thought, okay, uh, uh, Justin Fields was 26.4, and then you just kept saying 26.4 to yourself as you went to the other pages? Or how did that go? Well, I did that. <laughs> I did that second process, <laughs> but I did that a months ago, the okay. first time we discussed this. Are you, now, have you did it? Did you do it during the break? No. So if somehow that data was wrong and it's been corrected, you don't know right now. I don't know. Okay, so we're saying if your data is correct. If my data is still okay, correct. I mean, because again, things. I could get... I could check through while you present. If you want, if you don't want to hear to rebut, that's fine. It's up to you. If you think it's futile, I would you know, not. Fair. All right. Now, Mackenzie, if we look at the uh, PFF grade, and I see it right here, Zach Wilson actually has the highest grade amongst all the rookie quarterbacks except Mac Jones. My dude. You mean yeah. Justin Fields does? Yeah, Justin does. Fields does. Uh, yeah. You said Zach Wilson. Oh no, yeah, God no, dude. God no. <laughs> I couldn't even I couldn't debate that one. All right. So Justin Fields had a uh, if you look at it just in a stack rank was 29th and Zach Wilson was 34th, Lawrence was 32nd, Davis Mills was 36th. Again, Mac Jones was 12. Mac Jones had an amazing rookie year. I think ESPN had him ranked as like the third best rookie year of the last 10 years for a quarterback. Elite, no doubt about it. He was, again, his average between QBR and PFF was about 14th. And if you look at the other averages, which is just QBR and PFF ranking averaged, all right, so 14th for Mac Jones, here's the rest. Justin Fields, 30th. Trevor Lawrence also tied for 30th. Davis Mills, 31st. Zach Wilson, 32nd. So you can see all the rookies from last year at the very bottom. And then Mac Jones, even above the middle. He's even above the middle. But isn't it curious that Justin Fields is actually tied for second by the hybrid approach? Now, some would say, RJ, you've made your case. Even if AJ's information was correct, you just debunked it. But no, here's what's important. And tell me if you agree with this, Scott. I'll let you be the arbiter of this. Is with rookies, it's not only how many mistakes they make, it's how many plays that are professional quarterback plays do they make. Meaning, if you had a guy that's a dink and dunk guy, doesn't make many, I mean, all those weak arm quarterbacks that get drafted in the fifth round. They usually don't throw a lot of interceptions. Game managers. They're game managers. They can't get the ball downfield. Mark Sanchez. Zach Wilson. Well, <laughs> is it is this a, you're you're trying to make it funny? Is it you're giving up the debate? No, I I, th- I think you say you've won the debate. You, these are all, all even by the hybrid. Yeah. They're all in a 
glom of bad quarterbacks. It's a group of bad quarterbacks. But your distinction is how Justin Fields is worse. And the only bar I have to reach is Justin Fields is right in the middle of the pack of the second year quarterbacks. Your point is he's the worst of the worst. Him and Zach Wilson are so bad, and everyone else is above them in a discernible way. And I'm saying no. I think Fields. And then this last point, the whole anti-game manager. Right is so. How do you decide if someone's more than a game manager? Well, let's use PFFs, Pro Football Focus, big time throws, which is a sign of a professional monster throw. However, they grade him, making a play that is Un- unexpected. Yes, yeah. Un- yeah, it's like above and beyond mm-hmm. what you would expect from an average quarterback. Yes. Might be a fair way to say it. And every quarterback gets some of these plays. So it's how many do they have? And then you ask yourself, okay, how many turnover-worthy plays did they have? Because that's a sign. Hey, if you like. Locke. Locke goes deep a lot. He makes some big throws. He throws a lot of interceptions. So it's the ratio between the two that really matters. So if you look at Justin Fields in the entire league, here's the rankings of these quarterbacks when it comes to big-time throws. Mac Jones, 18th. Davis Mills, 20th. Trevor Lawrence, 25th. Zach Wilson, 30th. Now remember, Zach Wilson's the one that A.J. connects to Justin Fields. Justin Fields, fifth. The fifth highest percentage of big-time throws in the entire NFL. Who was one, two, three, and four, McKenzie? I'll grab that. Kyler Murray, number one. All right. Oh, Kyler Murray. He's pretty decent. Because right? here's another example where we're going to say, how's this list? We got a guy, Justin Fields, so at the top. Wow, that doesn't seem right. How's the other guys? Jameis Winston, Joe Burrow, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, also tied for fifth. So pretty good crew there, and and we all know that um, the same. We all know that um, famous Jameis. The famous Jameis throws a lot of interceptions and a lot of big plays, yes. right? So in a way, it makes sense that he's up there. Now, same thing for Kyler. You know, Kyler will roll out, and all of a sudden, but he's got a, a big he's got a big saying, arm and a big long the ball. ball down the field, and it's 70, 70 yards and complete. Now, if you look at turnover worthy plays. This is where Mac Jones excels. He's sixth. But then, really, all the others are right in the same spot. Uh, Justin Fields is 27th. That's tied for the best of the remaining. Trevor Lawrence, 27th. 32nd for Davis Mills. 30th for Zach. So, what we're saying is, when it comes to throwing interceptions and those kind of bad plays, he's right there in that bad cluster. But with the upside, what could he be? He is so far and above all the other rookies, even Mac Jones. That's why I think not only is Justin Fields not the worst quarterback, the worst prospect, I think he's the second-best prospect behind Mac Jones, even ahead of the savior Trevor Lawrence. Rebuttal. My rebuttal would be that I agree the potential is there. That no, doesn't not, change no, no, that no. he stunk potential last year. there. The potential, he was number five. It wasn't some theory he was fifth in the league. His big-time throw count was fifth in the league. He did it in a way. It wasn't potential. It was what he did on the field that then speaks well to the future. It doesn't change he did it on the field, though. He did do it on the field, yet some Somehow, the rest of his throws were so bad that he was the lowest-rated quarterback by, in the league by one rating. One rating that no one. That he's the highest rated amongst them when it comes to PFF grade. So by statistical means, well, he one was, statistical mean is the, is QBR, which is a proprietary ESPN stat that is opaque, which means they actually don't tell you what how they do it. They say it's EPA based. They say that it's um, uh, the level of diff or the strength of schedule matters. They include running in there, which 
is good or bad based on different quarterbacks. And I think it's legitimate, right? Because obviously running matters, sure. rushing matters. And then EPA, a lot of people like EPA just generically more than they like QBR. But I think you're right. If you say he's in a cluster of the bad statistically, but he had no worse than others, but he had big time throws that were far and above everyone else. That is the exact recipe for the best quarterback of the draft class if there's not a Mac Jones, which is he's just doing really good. And their definition, PFF's definition of because this big is what's right, yeah. big time throw. A throw it's best described as a pass with excellent ball location and timing, generally thrown further down the field and or into a tighter window. So someone that does that a lot probably isn't the worst, you wouldn't think, would you, Scott? I would agree with that. I'm going to let AJ have a chance to respond. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Thank you. So you had a, a a player's name that you said. It sounded like an Olympic event the way you said it. Elena Gabriela Rus. Exactly. I want I want to see if AJ can say it because he he's supposed to be the professional. I'm horrible at names. Oh, I am so too. Like, when we hired him, we said let's get a guy. Because remember, you know, before um, he's looking up the phonetic spelling. No, I'm straight. just looking up at the spelling in general. So I... it, because remember, we had Jonas Knox, now famous for the morning show for a long time, and then you know sometimes I, I'm sure you have this experience. I'm guessing. Yeah. You're with someone new. And you kind of think, you know, that that older, that prior person wasn't so bad. You ever have that experience? Yeah, of course. Yeah. So I want to just see, you know, I know how Jonas would do. I want to see how AJ does. Is that okay? Can you test him for me? Yes, uh, please. All right, go ahead. Elena Gabriela Rus. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> you know something? Now, what that shows is that was good. It's a lack of effort when he messes up because he can do it. Thanks. Thank you, buddy. Thank you. Of course. Bye, guys. Bye, Monty. Gotta love that. No, it was good. It just makes you wonder. Mackenzie, does that make you wonder about some of his mispronunciations? The potential's there. It, the potential is there, just like Justin Fields. When we come back, last break, we will give AJ a chance to respond, but really, we know that's not going to do much. And then we're going to have at least one best bet for you. Stay tuned. He's RJ Bell. I'm AJ Hoffman with Scott Seidenberg. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Juan Gabriel. Juan Gis. Selena. Selena. Celia Cruz. Azúcar. Harold G. La Bichota. Christina Aguilera. Extina. Just to name a few. We're serving the whole story. From rags to riches. And all the tea in between. I'm Liliana Vasquez. And I'm Joseph Carrillo. And we're the host of Becoming an Icon Season 2. Guess who's back in the house? And we're bringing you even more stories behind the world's biggest stars in Latin music. Certified Latin royalty. Consider us your star sleuths, your chisme besties, digging beneath los mejores éxitos to bring you everything you didn't know about your favorite Latin icons. Hey, you know what, my boo? You're my favorite icon. Aw, Joseph. Listen to Becoming an Icon, part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. 
Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives. Like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. On a summer night in Paris, American artist Lee Krasner is drifting off to sleep when the phone rings. On the line, news that her husband, Jackson, is dead. Jackson, as in the painter Jackson Pollock. He might, to this day, be the most mythologized figure in American art. But how much of the story that we've been told about him is just that, a myth? On Death of an Artist, season two, Krasner and Pollock, the story about how the art world changed forever, and the story of the artist who reset the market for American abstract painting. Just maybe not the one you're thinking of. Listen to Death of an Artist, Krasner and Pollock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. R.J. Bell, we are straight out of Vegas. And I'm A.J. Hoffman. This is week one of college football, and if you really think about it, the talent on this show leans more college football. We've got A.J., who is a specialist, not even a specialist, an expert at college football. He, uh, in the last three years at pregame.com, and we've got over a dozen professional handicappers that provide picks, the very best record, three-year span, A.J., in college football. Newcomer Scott Seidenberg is, Coming for him. is an interloper. You're saying you're taking him down Coming this year. You guys have your podcast. Iron and, sharpens iron. Exactly. And a lot of really good stuff. The first you guys actually went seven and one the first week of the week zero of the college football. Correct. With now, one combined pick. Yeah, you guys doubled up on one. And here's the thing. You guys have a double like on the three biggest games of the week, one of them, and we're gonna go through those games. First, the Ohio State Buckeyes over Belmont Radio College. By, no, no. Over Notre Dame by 17 and a half. I saw in the press conference the Notre Dame coach was asked about this. He acted indignant, like, oh, I'm going to write that down. It's like, you do write it down, buddy. Well, since he wrote it down, they've moved to a 17 flat, which maybe the, that moti- oh. he motivated his team enough to make it 17 flat. But So it went from 17 and a half to 17. Yes. Oh, that's an important distinction. But now— 
What do you like in this game? I, I like Ohio State in this game. I think they absolutely truck this Notre Dame team. This is a bad place to open a season with a whole new roster and a whole new head coach, which is what Notre Dame has. Marcus Freeman is going to bring a first-time starter in Tyler Buckner into the horseshoe in Columbus. I think the, the Ohio State offense is arguably the best in the country. If not, they're the second best in the country. And Notre Dame lost their heart and soul safety to the draft this year. Ohio State has a chance to make a statement week one. I firmly believe they make a statement against this Notre Dame team. They're running into a buzzsaw. And I thought the most hilarious comment to come from this game was Marcus Freeman when he found out they were 17 and a half point favorites. And he says, I'll remember that. I'll tell the guys that. That's good. All right. Good. Good. Heard that before. Yeah. 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 <laughs> the, uh, but but uh, we're talking about the coach of Notre Dame. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They're seven high point uh, dogs, now 17. But yeah. Okay. Seven said favorite. Yeah. When, yeah. So, when, when he found out they were dogs. Yeah. Yeah. And here's the thing. The spreads actually influenced. There, there was an old trend in the BCS game, which was the one versus two, in which the underdog was covering an inordinate amount. The rationale being they had to hear that they were the underdog, these five-star recruits that are usually the best on the field for a month. And it, they got sick of it, and it became a real motivating factor. I think that, in general, it makes sense that these players don't want to be dogs. They want to kind of redeem themselves when they are dogs. But I'm not sure Notre Dame is going to be able to do that. Georgia plays Oregon. This is in Atlanta, in the same location as the SEC championship game. So, a little home field for Georgia. Georgia also 17. Yeah, Bo Nix, the new starting quarterback for Oregon, who comes over from Auburn. And he has played Georgia three times in his career. One touchdown, two interceptions, 0-3 as a starter against Kirby Smart's defense. They know so everything. So, the entire team over that three games had how many touchdowns? Oh, the entire team. Oh, you're talking about just the, I'm quarterback. About the quarterback. Okay, yeah. okay, that, that's Bo what Nix I was trying to be clear. For, in three games against Kirby Smart's defense over the last three seasons, Bo Nix has only thrown one touchdown pass and two interceptions. Uh, yeah, as Chevy Chase would say, not good. Not good. Uh, I think going up against a retooled, mo- more talented defense than he's going to see this entire season in his first start for a new program, he's going to be in for a, a nice wake up call here in week one of the college football season. So, Georgia, who has a historic draft well I guess not a haul they they supplied amazing defensive players yeah. in the draft but still a lot of good players on that defense and imagine how good some of those backups were last year if you're behind a top 5 or top 10 pick What's your take on this game? Yeah, I'm not looking to. I'm not looking to give Georgia that many points. I'm not looking to. I feel like Oregon can hang. Lay, you don't want to lay. That I don't want to lay that many points. I think Oregon so is. You lean Oregon. I lean towards Oregon at that number 17, which it has. It has gone up and down, up and down. I think this Oregon roster is good enough to at least hang close with this team, and I don't know that Georgia necessarily needs to blow anybody out early in the season. Man, okay. First step in an undefeated regular season. for No doubt. I, I agree with that completely. All right, finally, you guys agree on this one. It's a best bet, and it's Utah minus three playing at Florida. This is in the swamp, Utah favored by three. Yeah, Florida under a new coach, Billy Napier. Dan Mullen lost his team last year and lost a lot of personnel as well. Utah, on the other hand, brings back almost everything. Top 20 in the country in returning production, including Cam Rising, who's one of the best quarterbacks, a true Heisman candidate. And they have the best head coach in – 
one of the best head coaches in the country in Kyle Whittingham. This is maybe the most talented roster he's ever had at Utah. A team that is very capable of winning the Pac-12, having an 11-1 at worst season, and having a legit chance to make the college football playoff. In fact, I have them going to the college football playoff. I love this Utah team. I love Kyle Whittingham as a head coach. You mentioned Cameron Rising. I've played him 80-1 to to win the Heisman Trophy. I think he's that good of a quarterback. They will go into the swamp and come away with a win. And you can expect this kind of depth of analysis when it comes to college football. The best in the business. And I like that because I'm an NFL guy. (laughs) I like to lean on you guys for this. I will say this. I complain a lot in colleges. The teams don't want to play tough teams. And they don't want to go on the road. So let's give some credit here to Georgia, Oregon playing a home and home, right? Or well, playing neutral. This neutral is the one, game. Well, kind of neutral. Yeah. So maybe not as much credit for Georgia. And then Utah and Florida is playing a home yeah, and home. Yeah, they'll play at Utah next season. And you've got to love a program like Utah that really is coming not from a great pedigree as an elite national power, and the coach is building them into a national power. By the way, Utah plus 450 to make the playoffs to current if you want to get in on that. Which is not as big of a payoff as you think. They are a good team. If you missed any of today's show, including us discussing how the team's cuts and pickups could tell us more than we thought. And how good Justin Fields is. <laughs> Check out the podcast, foxsportsradio.com. We're back tomorrow, 6 Eastern, 3 o'clock Vegas time. We are straight out of Vegas right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! Any college baseball fans out there? If you're traveling to see your team and need a place to stay, two words for you. Graduate Hotels. We stayed at the Nashville location for the SEC tournament. It was awesome. Beautiful rooms, cool vibe, and perfect location. They have over 30 hotels in the best college towns. And get this, they'll give you up to 30% off your stay with code CRSHOW. That's C-R-S-H-O-W. Good at any graduate hotel, any location, up to 30% off. Book today at graduatehotels.com. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.